the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back as we head into hour three, your hour all the way out, 602-508-0960. Rob is on deck because he's in the punishment room. We'll get to him shortly. First, John in Peoria via Pretoria. How are you, John? Hello, Seth. You're a good man. Still doing a great job. You are, too. Thank you, sir. I've never told you that, have I? You have once or twice. It goes to my head, but as you instruct me, just say thank you. Thank you. Just, just say thank you. The question that you finished with just before this this uh, recent break now was a question that just uh, electrifies me. I love questions, the circulation method. You said, where do we start to this lady named Tina? Mm-hmm. Her name was yeah. perfect. Yep. That is the question. For far too long, the United States has been teeter-tottering on pillars that were built by previous generations, yep. and, uh, and and that's not working anymore. Yep. We have tried to answer this question, where do we start, yep. and allocated it to answers that previously have worked, yep. such as, yep. we'll leave it to the schools, good teachers, an apple a day. That no longer works. Great point. No longer can be. No, great possible. point. It, it, it's such a good point. People don't even really stop to think about it. But that was for several hours a day, at minimum of five, where you sent your kid to be a citizen and to learn citizenship and other things. But, yes, you're right, John. It, it was it and, was it was part. We've been able to. It was routine. It was just routine. Trust that. Yep. Yep. It, yep. And and we've allocated it under the umbrella of military might. Mm-hmm. Well, we can defend ourselves. Thank you very much. Yep. Red, white and blue. Yep. That no longer works. Right. We have allocated that to uh, nationalism, and that no longer works. Correct. We've tried to allocate it to patriotism. So if the schools—let me let me make sure the audience is following you. So if the schools okay. are supposed to teach citizenship and belief and understanding of this country, the left comes and says, we can change that, and they did. If we think, what was your second thing, nationalism is a good way to unite the country, the left can come up and say, "Mm, but it's racist, so that they can take the thing that unites us to divide us. Keep going, John. I think I'm tracking you pretty well. Keep going. Yeah, I I, I do, too. Thank you very much. You bet. We have, and here's another one that I I need to clarify, and I'll try to be uh, concise. Uh We've also historically... We, meaning the United States of, of the United States, and you know I didn't grow up here. We've allocated that responsibility also to the church. Yep. And the left it to and the then, church what they did to the schools. And exactly, and that no longer works. Right. I had a guy that no longer works. Four hours and nine minutes. Boy, this refrain is I good. That no longer works. I'm writing it down. Okay. It keep, no longer works. Yep. Go on. I had a, I had a father of an 18 year old man. Uh, a father of an 18-year-old young man sitting in our lounge last night with tears in his eyes and a shock in his heart. And he, you know what he asked me? 
He said, where do I start? Yeah. Same question. Same question. Yeah. Day before yesterday, my wife were walking in the green belt, and there were some kids there, and uh, I, I, there were some kids, 17 years old. So I said, hey, I'm just stopping to encourage you. The guy said, a 17-year-old, sort of macho, no shirt, smoking. He said, uh, this sounds like a sermon. So I said, do we need one? He said, do you believe in nihilism or nihilism? 17 years old, I doubt he understands very much about what it is. Nothing of value. We have allocated even that to the church. And for the longest time, America could, uh, it could balance on all of those allocations. Absolutely. It relied on those, these. What, that's right. This is what James Madison called auxiliary institutions, things that did what the government couldn't do to inculcate safety and patriotism. Schools, nationalists, right? You've well. got it. You've, these are the three, these are pretty, three pretty important institutions. God, yeah. country, I, school. I yeah. I just turned 71, but I didn't know James Madison all that well. Thank you. Fair enough. No, it's all right. You didn't grow up here. I probably don't know. We have allocated that, and that has allowed the United States still to balance at the top of the heap of countries. We can no longer make such an assumption. That did work. It does not work because it will not work. Mm -hmm. And here's the answer that I believe, Sid, with all of my heart, is where it starts. Yes. It doesn't even start with church. Okay. I've been a church man all my life, and, some parent, and my parents, missionaries. You yes, know sure, 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 sure. But it doesn't start with that. You can't, the, the, the guy told me, the father told me last night, he said, we go to church, but I can no longer really trust them to teach exactly what we want our son to, uh, to the path with which we went, along which we want our The one we grew up with. Yeah, yeah, the same, you're right. It, it, yeah. Exactly right. Just because it's, uh, I don't know. PCUSA or something, it's not the same PCUSA you knew 50 years ago or, or some yeah. such, right? Right. You can say the same with Reformed Judaism, those, by the way. Go ahead. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All of those pillars upon which we've been able to be previously stable are just uh, trembling and crumbling like that uh, building in Florida. The and if, quest, we continue the qu- to make us, if we continue to make assumptions that 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 what we have relied on have sustained us, then we're on the wrong path. Here's where I do believe okay. it starts. And then I have a question it for starts. you, so don't hang up, because I know you sometimes like to make your point and go, so stay, okay? Yeah, I Okay, do. okay. Go ahead. It starts with the family. Yeah. That's exactly where it starts. Mm-hmm. It starts with my family, your family, your listeners' family. It should start Biden's family. Mm-hmm. It starts at the family, and it's not going to go quickly, even in the age in which we live, which is rapid. We are past the point of rapidity of regaining. We're going to have to dig in like that greatest generation dug in, uh, you know, in Tripoli, in Germany. We're going to have to dig in and resolve to make a difference at home under kitchen tables. That's what I believe. What do you want? Uh, what I want to ask you is, I did have a question, and it had to do with the church. Yes. What I had to ask you is this, John. Um, if the schools, the notion of national unity, and the churches have all fallen, is it easier to repair the church or the schools? And while we're talking about repairing the church, let me ask you this question. 
Um, when it comes when it comes to the church, do you find that the more serious the church, the more rigorous? Maybe that's a good way to put it. The more rigorous, the more demanding of you. Maybe that's another way to put it. Um, the more interest there is. In other words, this laxity of uh, uh, this this movement to relax the standards, um, this movement towards permissibility, changing the old laws, has it created more adherence? Or less. I can tell you in Judaism, the only growth movement is the Orthodox. The vitiation, the watering down of everything else has led people to say, well, what's the point? You know, why, why go to synagogue? I can go to I can go to, you know, uh, the movies. That's all I need to do. Yeah. And, and I, I heard a quote. A little bit Am I right, though, that the more rigorous ones are the more popular ones? Absolutely. Yeah. And I see that in Africa as well. Yeah, I bet you do. Yeah, in, fact, Pop- in fact, in fact, you know, going to the point that I've often made here, John, about how bad things are, you know, I, things are so bad here, sometimes I'll say we're acting like countries we used to give aid to. The truth of the matter is there are churches in America, as I understand it, you would know more, that are affiliating with African, um, what would you call it, a- African affiliates, African institutions of the church, right? Because they're more serious. That is right. What am I, I talking know, about? You know what I, I'm talking about. I know exactly what you're talking about. I know men myself who believe they, their their job, uh, their calling from God is to come from Africa. Because to, in Nigeria, in uh, Kenya, they take Christianity people. seriously. That's why. That's exactly right. In America, so they, they don't. They take football seriously here. That is exactly Which right. is why I women wonder, can't play football. And they don't have quotas for whites because we take football seriously in happen. America. You've got me going here, yes, brother. I, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, you got me going too. Uh, and you know, I wonder what would happen. This this uh, tickles my mind very often daily. I wonder what happened if 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 we could get enough people to spend a designated five minutes, ten minutes of their day to to stop doing something else that they previously used that time for, and just spent the time in praying. And Lord, would you help us bring us back to our senses? I love it, John. Take five minutes out of your day, folks, from doing something you are normally doing. You ever sit down and just say, I need to close my eyes for five days, five minutes? You ever want to just flip on the news? You ever want to just say, I don't know what to do, I'm bored? You never know what to do between two phone calls you have to make in a time period? Take John's advice. Contemplate, meditate, commune, pray. And if you are not a believer and that doesn't work for you, Meditate on something good and important about something that gives you gratitude over this country. No matter which choice you make, you'll feel better in five minutes. I promise you that. I promise you that. Can I just share a personal thing with you? Maybe maybe this is weird. Maybe it's an overshare. I'm having that kind of show today, and that's fine. But I hear a song like that. You know where it puts me? It, it it puts me in a uh, you know in a in a in a in a bar. It's dark. It's a country bar, and um, and it's late. It's probably nine or ten. And there's a guy like Sammy on stage. Everyone knows the music. There's couples dancing. This is a scene that would be constitutive of my happy place. This 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 I would I would love to be nowhere more so, other than in this studio, of course. Than in a in a country bar, listening to someone like Sammy Kershaw singing songs like that, 
watching old people dance on the dance floor. I would love that. That that that's my idea of heaven. It really is. And yes, there's barbecue. All right, Rob, have you had enough time to contemplate your sins? Absolutely. And can I take my dunce cap off? Yes, you're good now. Take your mask and dunce cap off. <laughs> okay, good. All right, um, the floor is yours, my friend. Okay, well, thank you. Um, also, you know, just don't start line dancing on me, okay? I, I've i wanted I to know. learn. I, I just think it would be so much fun. Well, we have friends that were up in Prescott, and they sent us pictures of them line dancing, and they looked like they were having fun. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm a klutz, so I don't dance. Okay. Anyway... I mean, I could I could mention how I'm thankful for you know private property, uh, the ability for people to start a private business uh, and to better their lives and the right to keep and bear arms and to do interstate travel to move to different states, whether it's from a job or a desire to escape uh, third world type in the environment. But um, I'm really thankful. Uh, first of all, I need to mention God bless Olivia earlier today. No kidding. Tina, no kidding. Well, yeah. And and then John and Peoria, yeah. um, who I am glad he's called and is absolutely right on the mark with the whole family thing, yep. because that's where everything uh, starts and ends, and where everything gets better or worse. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm thankful for the founders' ideas that came from, you know, the start of uh, the Greeks and, of course, you know, the Plato Aristotles that led to the Declaration of Independence, Constitution. And eventually, and I must emphasize this, the United States of America. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And America is really just an idea with timeless ideals. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's words that mean things like liberty and justice for all. Um, I'm I'm, uh, always uh, trying to understand how do we create a more perfect union. And, And I think people need to understand that we're not utopia. We will never be utopia in the Thomas More sense, or in any sense, um, and nor will any place else ever be a utopia. And there's a huge difference between a utopia and, you know, quote-unquote, a more perfect union. And I believe... Yeah, they didn't say a perfect union. That's important that you're, what you're saying is important. The founders did not yeah. say what Karl Marx said. They did not That's think right. perfection was obtainable. Uh, attainable, That's, sorry, attainable. That, well, yeah, and and I believe that it's not the government's job. No, it isn't. Uh, to make it, it's our job to make it a more perfect union. Yeah. Um, and and I think also uh, we need to understand, and people need to understand more that the government is supposed to work for us, and they often need to be reminded of that. Well, often, like every day, because I think we have that ruling class that seems to forget that they were elected, and they can be unelected if only. We, the people, decide we've had enough of all of these corrupt, swampy people that have been there for far too long. And you got to remember along with that that we are still the home of the brave. And that's where I have a lot of optimism, that if enough Americans can see the truth of what's really going on in the corrupt federal government in Washington, D.C., that we brave people who were... Uh, descendants of people who are not fearful can make things better and make this a more perfect union. And that's all I've got to say. To well, I, I thank you. God bless you. I, I, I think I think it's it's important because we take a 
awful lot of that as either for granted, happening already, or forgotten. Uh, if we think it's happening already, we're not. That's that's simply wrong. It's not happening already. Maybe once upon a time it could go on cruise control, as John was saying. We could rely on our schools and not have to worry. We could rely on our churches and not have to worry. We could rely on our neighbors and having our kids, you know, read the books on the neighbors' bookshelves and not worry. That is different. And the world is now, Americans are now divided between those who understand that and those who don't and those who understand there's something to worry about. And those who don't, right, Rob? Well, yeah, and I think institutions themselves are failing we the people. And again, we the people need to make sure that we reform and change the institutions, whether it's education, whether it's the church, whether it's the government, um, to make it a more perfect union, period. The purpose of government is defined differently now by every American. Yeah. That didn't used to be the case. Now, I don't know what you want from your government, but my wish from my government seems to be a fairly simple one that would have been understood by generations of Americans a generation or two ago as quite simply... Defend me, keep me safe, and make my life a little easier for having put you there to administer the ship of state. That's Amen, all. That's sir. it. That's it. That's it. That's it. And Absolutely that can, right. from that last one, can involve infrastructure, roads, like you know, it, it make my right. life a little easier. But don't make my life harder. That's right. Don't that's create an happen. edifice that makes Americans resentful of their own government, which is made up of their own people, which turns American against American. That's right. And that's where I think the government has really been failing us, especially when you think about, you know, the, the private businesses and and, uh, and and stuff over the last year that have been uh, uh, screwed by the government with lockdowns and everything. I mean, Private enterprise is really what is supposed to drive the economy and thus uh, the pursuit of happiness for so many Americans. And government has just been in the way. And now all we're seeing now is more bureaucracy, more forms to fill out, more restrictions, more regulations. And, and, and that's what needs to change. They need to unleash the freedom that we were given and step out of the way and let Americans be Americans. And don't tell us what to do, and don't even tell us how to do it. We already know. Uh, it's a matter of just letting us be Americans and making things better for everybody. And that's once we become, uh, you know, uh, unified and a more perfect union, hopefully uh, that'll all happen. Amen. Rob? Amen, sir. Amen. See how good the punishment room was for you. Wow. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. I'm reading from the Book of Man about Dr. Zudi Jasser because to celebrate America, I think it's important to understand the finest of Americans and to celebrate them. He is, as I said in the previous segment when I started reading about him to you, 
my beau ideal of an American. He said, quote, I was raised with the sense that serving in the military was the highest honor. You gave back to God through charity and prayer and devotionals and being true to yourself. You are giving back to your family. Children, give more than you receive. And that it was the same thing with your country as well. That's what I was taught to believe. Patriotism and loving for country were taught to Jasser from his earliest days. His parents stressed pride and civic service, the value of hard work, and the importance of voting. Jasser attended the University of Wisconsin, accepted into medical school. He chose to serve in the U.S. Navy as a medical officer. He served on the USS El Paso after serving in Somalia. As a Muslim, these were formative days, cementing his view of America as a liberating force for good, not a country looking for empire or colonies. I learned about the values of Americans on board that ship, said Jasser, who earned the rank of lieutenant commander. I learned about the diversity and the open-mindedness of the nation from the people around me. He sees the nation and the people as well. Jasser, Jasser returned to the United States and finished a residency at Bethesda Naval. He served in the office of the attending physician to the United States Congress, taking care of members of Congress and the Supreme Court and developing relationships with some of the members of the highest government seats in the United States. When I served Congress, my parents realized the American dream, said Jasser. This is a country that would allow an individual who performed well, who was honest and who worked hard, and who loved this country to be rewarded and recognized for that. The pride that they had, it was an honor and a culmination of my Navy years. Jasser participated in the American experience. He saw how it worked, its merits, its shortcoming. And he's fought back as he watched the conflict develop between Islamist extremism and that set of ideals. Americans understand that you can have a tandem devout law and society without having a religious government, said Jasser. Muslims don't get that. Muslim society unites religion and government. The mosque is the state. For Jasser, this springs out of an incorrect view of the Quran, a hyper-literal reading that ignores the historical context of many of the commands. All religions, you need to separate history from religion, said Jasser. The the text of the Quran has a lot of practices and things that were specifically related to the time from 610 to 630. As a result, the prophet wore three hats. He was a messenger of God, head of the military, head of state. This threefold role meant to Jasser that Muhammad saw no separation of church and state. But scripture can be interpreted based on these times, in this case, the Quran doesn't talk about government. It's the discussion of the prophet that some of us reformists think are the main problem. It isn't scripture, but rather oral tradition that needs to be discarded, and that is the main os- obstacle. And when it comes to Islam's interactions with other religions, Jasser doesn't believe in antagonism. The relationship with God is not an exclusivist one, he says. There are many pathways. Islam is not the only one. His view apparently is not widely shared. He is pushed on whether what he calls the Muslim faith is truly that or a sanitized and modified evolution. The beauty of America, he says, is that you have to convince me based on your reason. If you have disagreement with something that I say, pull out the passage and correct me. The pushback has been hard. It takes a toll on the family, said Jasser. There's the time away from daily routine, social pressure, tribalism exists within the Arabic and Muslim societies. It makes things hard. Marriage is a partnership, and my wife sees all the investment, the time I put in, the criticism, and wonders sometimes what the return is. 
But so far, even Jasser, a man endowed with what seems to be a ceaseless supply of optimism, would admit some of the returns are small and take time, but he keeps fighting. If our ideas take hold, it threatens the entire power structure. The leaders of mosques don't want that. I'll keep going forward until I know a that I've succeeded, that the snowball has started going down the hill and getting larger. We're trying to pack it together, much less roll it down the hill. We're still trying to pack it together, much less roll it down the hill. It's this type of of attitude that makes Jasser just the type of man Alexis de Tocqueville might have admired. When Tocqueville crossed the Atlantic in 1831, the 25-year-old Frenchman was struck by the power of individuals working together to effect change. Americans of all ages, all conditions, and all minds are constantly joining together in groups, Tocqueville wrote. If finally they wish to publicize a truth or foster a sentiment with the help of a great example, they associate. They associate. Other countries might see change pushed down from the top through the actions of the aristocrats and wealthy. In America, even the smallest person can affect change. These associations are what have helped push change through American society. With Jasser, the battle against the violence of radical Islam moves slowly. The insults fly. The hate speech fills the Internet, but he keeps going and talking. It's the hope that the right ears will be listening, that reason will triumph over centuries of violence, and that he can persuade just one person at a time to become more familiar with the works of Thomas Jefferson. It's not the easiest path, but it's the only path Zudi can walk. If it was just for me, selfishly, I don't have any conflict between my faith and my country, said Jasser. If I was selfish, I would just say these guys are crazy and hopefully our military will kill them. But I'm worried about our security and that our children won't have anyone to learn from. So they will learn from the proper relationship with God. I'm going to have to answer to God for my actions. And so I keep on. Dr. Jasser, thank you for helping. Not only as a personal matter, as you are my physician and have been to members of my family, keeping us alive. But more importantly, thank you for keeping America alive. Folks, as I hit the break, let me put in a good word for our friends at Trades Unlimited for all your roofing needs. Trades Unlimited is promoting their work on foam roofs, which help insulate from not only the extreme Arizona heat, but from exterior noises and most importantly, from water leaks. I know these folks well. I've used them, I've met them, I've been at their warehouse, I've been at their offices. Great people, great work ethic. A-plus rating at the BBB, best quality and service you can imagine from any kind of roofing company. That's why they're the ones I advertise and the ones I use. Don't wait until it's too late. Call my friends over at Trades Unlimited for all your roofing needs at 480-483-1775 or find them online at tradesunlimited.com. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Listen, I wanted to profile um, Americans here, great Americans, uh, as we head into the 4th of July so that we could example, uh, evidence the general by the particular. And I have had the great fortune um, of knowing the person I have found to be, at least to me, the beau ideal consummate American. Many of you have gotten to know him as well here, not only as a guest, but as a guest host, Dr. Zudi Jasser. And I just wanted to do a little bit of a tribute to him. We wrote about him in the Book of Man, where Dr. Bennett wrote, 
They called Dr. Zudi Jasser a dog. The cartoon was bold, crudely drawn. It showed up in the Muslim Voice newspaper in Phoenix, Arizona. Jasser was pictured down on all fours as a canine with a leash tied around his neck, being led by the Arizona Republic newspaper. The message was clear. The ex-director of the local branch of the Islamic Organization Council on American Relations drew the cartoon. He was saying that Jasser was an instrument of the media, a token Muslim, who would toe the line, say what conservatives wanted, said, and had no business referring to himself as a true Muslim. And it did more than simply mock Zudi for his unorthodox views on the role of Islam in America, the needed separation between mosque and state. In Islamic culture, calling someone a dog is one of the worst insults possible. Men are drummed out of office in polite society for racial insults and slurs far less than the one hurled at Zudi. In his hometown, this was the reception some of his work received. The local, local imams tried to marginalize him. They wanted him silent. But this soft-spoken doctor from Wisconsin, the son of Syrian immigrants, won't stop. His voice rings through the radio and television. He testifies in D.C. on the dangers of radical Islam, and he thinks someone within the Muslim community has to speak out to denounce the violence, the suicide bombs, and the mentality that considers execution an acceptable form of punishment for blasphemy. Someone has to say that a society in which women receive half the rights of men is not acceptable. Dr. Jasser is that someone, and he founded the American Islamic Forum for Democracy to communicate that. It's dedicated to the preservation of the founding principles of the United States Constitution, liberty, and freedom through the separation of mosque and state. This means that while Jasser indeed prays five times a day and seeks to devotedly practice his religious beliefs, he doesn't believe that what happens at the mosque should rule the actions of the state. He believes that Muslims should be allowed to practice their beliefs alongside any other religion. According to Jasser, there is to be no institution of a state religion and no coercion or imposition of forced religious behavior. Faith is a choice, not a command in America. If we believe that faith is a choice, then you have to live in the laboratory which gives you that choice, says Jasser. If you don't live in that laboratory, then you're negated faith, and then you've negated faith, and it's no longer faith. It becomes a coercion that's no longer religion. In the laboratory of America, this seems like a clear distinction, and Jasser and many moderate Muslims claim that freedom of choice and plurality of belief can coexist, but that belief seems at odds with what shows up on the news and the daily actions of some Islamic nations around the world. The Arabic word Islam means submission to the will of God, and for some extremists, the will of God includes oppressing and putting to death non-believers. Facing opposition and oppression isn't something new to the family of Zudi. His father, Muhammad uh, Kais, MK for short, was a dissident in Syria, a rebellious student standing up to a dictatorship. Racked by coups, Syria was held hostage by radicals who filled the ranks of the military. His grandfather, whom Zudi is named after, was a business owner who bounced in and out of house arrest. Each time Zudi's grandfather penned a newspaper column, even, pseudonymous, even under a pseudonym, he was arrested. And when the Jasser family came to the United States of America, they were captivated by the freedom and tolerance shown by this nation, written into the governing documents and preserved by the military. In America, the military was not a service reserved for the lower classes, but rather an honor, a sacred trust, safeguarding liberty. The reason that even the highest members of Congress helped nominate individuals to the academies was to preserve core principles of freedom 
and justice. Let me tell you on the other side of this break what those core principles meant and mean to Zudi and practice. I'm Seth. We'll be right back. Zudi Zardin, uh, who has made this country a better place through his speech, through his rhetoric, through his actions, through his practice of medicine, his art. There are others. And I just didn't know how to close today's show. I had so many options in front of me. And my mind turned to things like the national anthem. And my mind turned to people who have made this country better by coming here for all the right reasons, often fleeing hell on earth. Arturo Sandoval is such a man. He fled Cuba, fled it, and taught Americans what trumpet really could be. Here he is at the Orange Bowl, wishing all of us a happy 4th of July. God bless you all. Have a happy Independence Day. And until Tuesday, God bless and class dismissed.